Hello, I'm Jesse, and welcome to Navigating NCIS, where we break down NCIS Sydney by looking at the story, characters, scenes, and other takeaways. Hopefully, eventually, we might get to look at some other NCIS uh, series, but at this stage, we're focusing on Sydney. And in this episode, we've got the second episode of season one called Snakes in the Grass, which is written by Morgan O'Neill and directed by Sean Seat. Spoiler warning, I'm going to discuss and break down this second episode. If uh, you've heard our first episode, you probably know the format I'm going to follow, but hopefully uh, you're interested in this second episode of, of NCI Sydney. If you've seen it, hang around. If not, give us a pause. Come back later on because I'm going to kick off. But before I do speak specifically about episode two, I think I need to sort of uh, do a bit of a recap on episode one and how it sort of fared around the world and, and talk a little bit about the ratings and how it was received. So um, this is specifically from an article from the website called The Wrap, where they discussed how NCIS Sydney uh, debuted in America. So it scored the highest premiere viewership for a broadcast show um, in the American fall uh, season, which is which is quite good. Um, they said that the November 14 premiere drew in 5.64 million total viewers and scored a 0.34 rating in the key broadcast demographic among adults of 18 to 49 during its 8pm time slot. So the total viewership for the show exceeded the series premieres of the ABC's Golden Bachelor, which had 4.36 million viewers, as well as NBC's series called The Irrational, which debuted to an audience of 3.81 million, and Crapopolis on Fox, which scored a 3.6 million uh, viewers. So the debut is obviously the highest viewership um, that you know they've seen so far this season, as well as for the night when it aired um, among premier broadcast programming, and it was up 99% from the last week's Tuesday uh, episode of Big Brother on the same time slot on um, yeah on the network. So pretty good uh, viewership, pretty good viewers. I'd say they'd be pretty happy, um, CBS, with, with how this has gone, especially with, um, you know, obviously the, the writers and actors' guilds have, have had their strikes, and this was, you know, really an opportunity to get this show on the air. So um, pretty good, I, I would suggest. There's a lot more information. If you want to check out more from The Wrap, give them a search, and uh, there's, there's some more info on the show there. But let's kick into episode two, where we've got this episode called Snakes in the Grass, which uh, obviously has a, a double double meaning with uh, the idea of, of snakes uh, playing a, a key role in the murder in this episode. And uh, in the grass, obviously, is another analogy or another another saying for, um, you know, people who are doing the wrong thing and sort of trying to hide. And, and, and that ties in with uh, this sort of uh, animal... Uh, group of people who are stealing animals and trying to sell them on the black market. So we start off with our, our Paramount patter or the Paramount's little pre-prepared line on the episode. So Paramount says for this episode, when a Navy compliance officer is found dead in a waterhole, the team's investigation uncovers a complex trafficking ring whilst they manage new workplace teething problems and a talking galah. <laughs> that talking galah will be a talking point, I'm sure, as we, we talk about this episode. But let's break the episode down. Let's go a little sort of like uh, plot-wise, bit by bit, what happened in this episode. So we do start off with these two sort of Aussie yobbos uh, fishing. You know, and they have this fight by the water, uh, and they find a dead body. So we, we head to JD and Evie, who have coffees. They're heading into the office, and when they arrive, we see that Mackie's also got some coffees too. They have a bit of a chat, and uh, Blue, our little uh, <laughs> our little nerd of the, the crew, brings in some bubble tea instead. <laughs> Deshaun and Evie, they, they're sort of uh, walking, and Evie's trialing this new gate technology where she can identify people by how they walk on this sort of iPad. So that, that sort of uh, is going to play a big role in this episode. 
We then see uh, Mackie and JD rock up at the crime scene. They say, well, they identify that the body is that of Sergeant Lee Mitchell, who worked at the US Naval Supply Depot in Sydney. The doc rocks up, gives his opinion on the death, and then JD ponders, you know, what, what a guy like this might be doing in the outdoors. So intrigued straight away. We head over to Evie and Deshaun, who are walking through the bush, and Deshaun is sort of uh, this, you know, American officer who's freaking out at every animal noise that he hears in the bush. And still, you know, and we see this this week from him. We saw it last week from Mackie, but he's complaining about not being able to have a gun on him. <laughs> we head back to the doc's office, and, and they sort of work out that this guy died before he was found in the water from a snake bite. So snakes, obviously, uh, title of the episode, that's where we're at. Uh, Evie and Deshaun, they go to this Natureland animal clinic to sort of investigate a break-in and what animals were stolen, while JD and Mackie then go to the Naval Supply Depot where Mitchell worked. So talk to the people who worked there with him and, and learn more about him. They discover that he was a compliance officer and they both have their suspicions about his involvement in an illegal animal trade. We head back to... Uh, HQ where Blue works out the location of where Mitchell died but hasn't told the team yet because she's too scared of Mackie and Doc gives her some advice to sort of you know break it down look Mackie in the eye she'll respect you if you do that. Deshaun and Evie then go to check out the community hall where Mitchell died they see some blood on the walls and some footprints uh, so Deshaun goes under the building and sees a snake and freaks out uh, while, while he comes back out Evie it's discovered that she's found some dead birds and a galah who we'll, we'll talk about soon uh, the rest of the crew all rock up and they discuss how they're going to work out and find the rest of the smugglers while Mackie struggles um to to drive an australian car and a little bit of a humorous moment there Deshaun, he's really sad about these animals and the wildlife that's being sold and hurt so he takes some of these birds back to the lab for doc to look at and evie uses her new uh, tech catalog to sort of um i'm oh sorry her new technology to catalog the workers at the depot and, and work out how they walk to see if they can identify anyone from the cctv uh blue is trying to decrypt mitchell's phone and gets the galah to mimic what she says and that's quite humorous and has her go at mackie then we've got jd and mackie studying mitchell's apartment they find some math code um and they head back to blue where Blue sort of tries to stand up for herself and explain herself and her work to Mackie and the galahs in the background insulting Mackie because uh, it heard Blue do it as well. JD and Mackie, they go to visit this guy called Tommy who was one of the workers from the depot we saw earlier in the episode and then when they try to sort of con him into giving them more details, he's taken out by a sniper. Uh, so big, big uh, ad break there. And then we see that Blue uh, manages to break that math code that JD and Mackie found in Mitchell's apartment and works out that the scam of, of these um, animal traders were all based on the weight of the cargo truck um, and not including the driver's weight in the weigh-ins. Mackie and JD, they go back to the depot. They talk to Rennie, this US leader there, for some more info, and then he does a bit of a runner. So the two chase him down, and he sort of says, there's a deal going on right now. Uh, so everyone rushes. Um, Evie and Deshaun are already at this nature place investigating, and they're taken by gunpoint by the bad guys and, and the lady who works at the nature place. And then JD and Mackie race there. They take the bad guys down, and they rescue Evie and Deshaun. And we finish the episode off with uh, Mackie being sad about having to call Mitchell's family about his death and then the crew all sitting around having a drink together so that's that's generally what happens in this episode hopefully that breakdown's good 
as of recording this episode, no one's actually got onto IMDb to give this a rating yet. So I'm not sure how people are judging this episode. Uh, We'll have to wait and see and I guess give a little bit of a brief summary at the start of next week's episode. But this was released on Paramount Plus in Australia on the 17th of November, 2023. It will debut on CBS in America on the 21st of November. Some locations around Sydney that they mentioned or or visit in this episode. We have them at Cowan Creek. We obviously have the the Sydney Harbour where the HQ's all set up. They go to a place called Terry Hills and and they make mention of uh, Taronga Zoo. Uh, maybe it was a little bit too expensive to actually film there because uh, we didn't actually get any footage there. But obviously, uh, still trying to sell Sydney as a tourist location. What are my early thoughts on this episode? I think, uh, I guess, maybe I was expecting a little bit more from the second episode in this series because the first one obviously was so focused on getting to know the characters. I mean, this was still fine, but it wasn't an improvement for me. You know, as as you get into a series, you want to see some improvement. So still fine, but no improvement. So it sort of let me down a little bit on this one. Let's talk about the characters. With, with with the characters, I mentioned last episode, I think it's like, what did we learn this week about each of the characters? What's the new thing that we learn about them? So obviously we've got uh, Mackie, Michelle Mackie, who's that NCIS special agent. All that we learned this week is that she doesn't drink coffee. Um, and when she was younger, I think about 16 years old, she worked at a granary in America. Um, and her counterpart, and, and like we mentioned last week too, they, they pair them off. They put them off in two. So JD, uh, this a Australian Federal Police Sergeant, I didn't learn anything about him this week, so that was a little bit sad, especially seeing how much of a focus was on the two of these characters last week. And obviously, second episode, maybe the idea was to, to jump in and give some more airtime to Deshaun Jackson and Evie Cooper. The, the, um, with Deshaun being the, the NCIS special agent, we, we do learn a bit about him, you know, about being scared of the Australian nature and animals, but obviously having this heart and wanting to protect them and look out for them. We do get a little drop-away line that he's been to war at some stage, and then Evie, the, the other character, the Australian version of Deshaun, uh, we, she also doesn't drink coffee, so the females in this show don't drink coffee, but we see that she's happy to try new technology and, and sort of uh, make fun of, of Deshaun as she goes. Bluebird Blue Gleason, our uh, forensic scientist who's uh, locked away with, uh, with the doc in the lab, uh, you know, she's still a massive nerd. The idea that she drinks bubble tea, just crazy. Um, <laughs> the idea that, you know, she probably doesn't quite know procedure yet is is clear in this episode. A bit scared of confrontation and, and talking to Mackie or, you know, worried or scared about putting her off because she obviously thinks that she hates her. And, and I guess we, when we talk about Doc, um, or Dr. Roy Penrose, he gives her some good advice and a good moment where, you know, he tells her to be direct with Mackie, look her in the eye, and then, you know, she'll respect you. So some nice moments there, some teamwork shown between those two. But now we're going to talk about the scenes. What are some scenes that I liked? What are some ones that I didn't like? We'll start with the, the ones that were okay. I think, you know, there's a scene where JD and Mackie, um, they're about to get into the car and JD throws his keys to Mackie uh, so she can drive the car and, and she gets into the passenger side because obviously the driver's side in Australia is, is different to the American side, so the wrong side. I thought that was very funny. Um, the doc, you know, he's got those dry one-liners. A lot of them don't hit. There was one where, uh, you know, they're asking the doc what he has on this dead body and his response is arthritis and coffee. So I thought that, that was a nice dry little line. Uh, the galah, we spoke about this galah, but there's a scene where Blue's in the lab sort of venting about Mackie, calling her a dumbass, and then the galah repeats it, and she's trying to get the galah to stop it. It was quite funny. And it's even funnier when uh, the galah, the bird, does it in front of Mackie, and it gave JD a chance to laugh um, at her as well. So I thought that was quite good. Uh, Tommy, this character I mentioned before, he gets sort of snipered through the head. Just a bit of a shock, a bit over the top, uh, right in, towards the end of the episode. I thought that was um, that got me. Uh, we've got the idea, doc, um, the doc sort of... <clears throat> 
He's talking about Mitchell and talking about how he died and he's done some investigation and, you know, had some clogged arteries, was, you know, possibly going to have a heart attack soon. And his line, <laughs> I did two lines from the doc this week I didn't mind, but his line was, um, he was clogged up like the Harbour Tunnel on a long weekend. I thought that was, that was quite funny, uh, the Sydney Harbour Tunnel being, you know, traffic jammed. Uh, finally, the, there's a conversation between Deshaun and Evie about snakes. Obviously, this episode's about snakes and, you know, he's really freaking out about snakes and he says, uh, you know really worry about getting bitten evie's like I, you know i don't know anyone in australia who's actually been bitten by a snake and I, I can sort of agree with that i don't know anyone that's been bitten by a snake but then she goes on you know in a humorous way to talk about white tails the spiders and she's like you know on the other hand they're everywhere they're all over sydney they're in your washing they're in your bed um, they're in your undies and he's like freaking out and she go, keeps going and goes on about the idea that her ex got bitten and the doctor had to cut it off um, from having a spider in his undies and it was the end of their relationship. So I had a good laugh. I thought that was funny and then finishes it off with the idea about, you know, why people go commando. So I enjoyed that. Uh, what are some things that I didn't like? I think Evie, I mentioned before, Evie uses this new gate technology and at the start, she just makes this random joke to Deshaun about using it to sort of ask, you know, who shot JFK? And, you know, he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, I'm just joking. But then continues it on and says, oh, it's okay. I knew it was you guys. I thought that was lame, not needed, not funny. Uh, this is and this is really, this is a really bad scene. Blue's talking about the toxology report and mentions, you know, this really long word. I think it was um, oxyuranus microlepitotus. Obviously not a normal lay person's going to understand what that means. And Evie's response to her is oxyuronanus. Is this like primary school, uh, backwards and forwards chat that was just rubbish 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 line uh and the same with blue refers to taipans the snake as the goat g-o-a-t of deadly snakes they're not doing a good job of trying to make her cool or hip at all um there's, there's this scene where jd and mackie are looking at an apartment and she refers to a duvet and he checks and says you know in australia we call them dunas I don't know. I think I'm probably going to get sick of these if these happen every single episode where we talk about the differences between American and, and Australian language. And finally, uh, Evie calls Deshaun an American Paddington bear at the end of the episode. Like soft and cuddly. Just just lame. I don't know. It just it, Normal people wouldn't say that. That's, that's what's so frustrating about it, I think. What did I take away from this episode? I, I said this in the first episode, but I'm going to do it again because the Aussie ocularisms are too much. I thought after... The first episode they may have toned it down a bit but the second episode again they've just continued it on so i haven't got them all but some of them that they spoke that they used like line these are lines of dialogue that yes aussies may use at times but we don't you know especially in a tv show it just feels really awkward so i said you're a tool you snooze you lose meaning you know if you, you sleep on something then you're not going to win uh, you know you get more honey with vinegar have a gander they used that last week they used it again uh the bastards went straight for the rolexes uh, someone telling porky pies so porky pies are lies or the idea of um you know at the end jd literally goes to see mac and he just rocks up with a jar of vegemite no explanation he's got a jar of vegemite in his hand and then he calls her Macca because apparently aussies just shorten everyone's name so just a few little frustrating bits and pieces there i'm really hoping that as we get towards the end of the season we've used as many of those lines as we can and we stop seeing them uh but i'm gonna talk like, what are some themes some ideas some takeaways some questions some pondering some thoughts about this episode for me there are a couple of rupaul references I, I don't watch rupaul i know who rupaul is but these references i didn't get them if anyone can explain to me what i missed please please uh let us know because i i, I didn't get the rupaul reference that they made multiple times that paper scissors rock game uh you know to to battle off to see who's going to do what uh 
on the scene. And I think, you know, we all know the game. We all know paper, scissors, rock, or scissors, paper, rock, however you call it. But the idea that us as Australians add a taser in um, to beat paper, I've never heard of that in my life. I mean, when I was younger, I think we used like dynamite or TNT possibly, but I've never heard of the idea of using a taser in the game of paper, scissors, rock. I thought that was a little an interesting thing. Uh, the depot, we, we see lots of scenes at this depot because obviously this is where our victim worked. I thought it, there was quite, this was, I, I was a bit disappointed. I think there was some severe racial stereotyping here. The workers that were in that factory, majority of them were Islanders. I'm not sure that it's a good representation. Yes, I understand that, you know, there are people in that, that culture and, and, and identity that work in those jobs, but I feel like you needed to flesh it out a bit more. I thought that was quite ordinary. And the other thing, this this doesn't stand up at all. This is this is what's going to bring this episode down for me. Blue re- refers to herself as a nuffy. And I thought this was removed from Australian language many years ago. I thought that, you know, I'm not, and this isn't about PC or anything like that. The idea, this word is offensive. And it's a word that, you know, in Australia has been used for many, many years for slang for a disabled person. And she refers to herself as that in the dialogue in an episode of a TV show from 2023. I was shocked and quite disappointed, to be honest. So um, to the writers, not good. Um, And the the last, the Russians, the Russians from last week, I thought that possibly we were going to see the Russians you know, continue through this series as like an arc, but uh, they weren't mentioned this week. So we'll have to keep an eye out next week to see, uh, you know, what are they up to? What are they doing? <laughs> uh, I'm ready to wrap this up. Give the episode like a rating out of five anchors. So for me, uh, the the character development for me was lacking. I enjoyed that last week. I think that was good to get to know all the characters and I would have liked to learn more about them as we go. And we didn't learn too much about them in this episode. I think the crime was interesting um, and the banter that I enjoyed from the first episode between Mackie and JD was sort of missing, obviously because the focus this week was more on Evie and Deshaun, which probably didn't really pay off because I don't think we learned a lot about them as people. Uh, I think more Doc and Blue is probably needed to make Blue not seem so unrealistic and, and such just a cardboard cutout of a stereotype. I'm still looking forward to next week. I'm giving this episode two and a half out of five. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to me uh, rant and rave about episode two of NCIS Sydney. We've got socials. We've got Twitter, or now known as X. We've got Instagram, and we've got Marathon, which is your letterboxed equivalent of uh, logging TV shows. We are at Navigating NCIS on all of those platforms. For our social media question of the week, I just want to put it out there. Do you think that there's going to be a love interest or a love story between Evie and Deshaun at some stage? We've only got six episodes to go, so I'm interested to see. Let's see if I can hit the target on that one. We're... We'd love you to subscribe. Give us a like on any of your podcast channels. But we're back next week for episode three. Episode three is called Brothers in Arms. I'm excited. Let's see what happens. Who's, maybe the focus next week is going to be on Blue and Doc. We'll have to wait and see. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you next week. Bye.